Okay, you're doing great. I need you to keep pushing, though, ma'am. I'm trying, doctor. Now you're doing really well. All right, here comes the baby. And it's a girl. I'm going to name her Virginia. Mm. That sounds nice. Oh, wait, here comes another. It's a boy this time. I'll call him Tennessee. Like Tennessee Williams. Oops. Here's another one, ma'am. It's another girl. That'll be Georgia. That's a pretty name. And they're still coming. You got a boy again. How about I call this one Al Alabama? There's still more coming, ma'am. Birth of a nation. These two will be the Dakotas. Will not be presented at this time. South Dakota's coming out feet first, ma'am. In order to bring you the following special podcast. You know, actually, ma'am, I'm not sure Idaho is such a great girl's name. It's almost live. Still alive. It's alive. A limited podcast series about Northwest Television's legendary TV sketch comedy show. An amazing phenomenon. Featuring intimate conversations with the writers, performers, creators. Rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, bushwhackers, hornswagglers, horse thieves, bulldogs, train robbers, bank robbers, ass-kickers, shit-kickers, and methodists. Your host was one of them. I think I would remember a thing like that. Pat Cashman. What's the matter with you? Almost live. This is just a real nice surprise. Still alive. Just a real nice surprise. A warning. Parts of this particular episode may be too, well, highbrow, too donnish, too erudite, too filled with words you have to look up. Nonetheless, if you are familiar with Shakespeare, and specifically his great character, Macbeth, you have heard these words. Tomorrow. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. Creeps in this petty pace from day to day. But there is another Macbeth. One who says... I went to high school with a girl named Joy who was on antidepressants. (laughs) Yeah. I have a cousin named Abel who hasn't worked in a year. On the other hand, Shakespeare's Macbeth is noted for saying, Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. But the other Macbeth, the one this podcast features, is unrepentant in declaring, If I ever steal a kid of my own, (laughs) I am going to give him a name that has no pressure whatsoever. Adequate. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Shakespeare's great play about tragedy, war, and madness, his Macbeth famously muses, There... The grown serpent lies, the worm that's fled, hath nature that in time will venom breed. No teeth for the present, get thee gone. However, the other Macbeth, excuse me, however, the other Macbeth ponders the following. Kids nowadays, if you're a boy and you like a girl, you can take a picture of your junk and send it to her romantically. I didn't have that. I didn't have that at all. I remember if I really liked a girl, I used to have to trace out my junk on a piece of paper and then like hand it to her on the bus. And that is really hard to do as a bus driver. 
So as disappointing as it may be for some listeners, expecting this next hour to be about theater and cerebral discussion, well, you can forget about that first Macbeth for today. Or for that matter, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Because our Macbeth is much, much funnier. Now, through the years, Almost Live saw many interns come and go, and for many of them, the going was the best part, but few were nearly as impressive as Brooks Macbeth. By definition, an intern is both a noun and a verb. The noun says, an intern is a student or trainee who works at a trade or an occupation in order to gain work experience. But as a verb, intern means to incarcerate somebody. Uh, that seems like a pretty good definition of Brooks Macbeth's time with Almost Live, except that most prisoners get paid better. Brooks hails from the city of Kurds, Renton. His mom, Kathy, was a schoolteacher. His dad, Robert Macbeth, was a longtime judge. Surprisingly, Brooks was never up before his father, except once when Brooks rolled out of bed at 5 a.m. to go fishing. He snagged a two-year degree at Green River Community College and then immediately came to Almost Live for another couple of years. He instantly made his mark as more than the kind of guy who goes out to get coffee and donuts for the prima donnas on the regular staff. He made his mark pretty quickly as a writer and a performer, receiving an Emmy nomination for one of his very first efforts. Then he went to Hollywood before the show ended its run and has become a nationally familiar face and voice on countless TV and radio commercials. You can see him currently in stuff for Bud Light, The Learning Channel, and The Office, to name just a handful. Brooks has also been a writer on no less than six different series, from The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn to the legendary Mad TV. But it's as a stand-up comic that Brooks really shines. He's one of those handful of comedians that can absolutely own a stage. He doesn't just kill, he destroys. If you ever get a chance to see him, please go. But get a babysitter, please, because Brooks can be, you know, kind of edgy. But absolutely charming at the same time. In my opinion, he is perhaps the most talented person that Almost Live ever produced. Still, his time with the show was brief, so his name wouldn't necessarily be the first one that comes to mind for fans of the show. And that ain't right. Let's try and change that. Brooks still occasionally does a one-man show called This Ain't Shakespeare. So let's spend some time now with the Bard of Renton from his adopted home of L.A. with a microphone he found in a dumpster. Hi, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. Eight can you be a little louder, please? No, I will I will try not to. I'm sorry. It's so good to hear your voice, man. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Brooks. You know that. I've always told you that. Yep. You were uh, you began at Almost Live as an intern, and people don't even know what the hell does an intern do. So tell what do you think an intern did? Uh, <laughs> uh so what uh what I have the grace of uh of knowing is that Joel McHale and myself were the two worst interns at all live in the history. Not true. No, no, you're the two best. Of oh, course. there was a gentleman. Let me named... tell you who the. Let me tell you who the worst one was. Okay, I don't, I don't remember his name. But I came in. <laughs> I came in one day, and there's a guy, and he's just been introduced to the to the entire staff. Okay, brand new intern, and he's asleep on the couch in our office. He's asleep. Oh, good. This bastard is asleep. He's working hard. 
he's the new intern. I'm thinking, <laughs> what the matter with you, man? You want to put on a good impression, don't you? Yeah. He's, he's out cold on the couch. Yeah. I what, what I loved was there was a gentleman named Ralph Bevins oh, yeah. that was the cameraman. And he was a great one who decided that he should also be a performer on the show in the role of Jack Guy. Action hero who flies free of the bounds of gravity, Jet Guy. He's insurance actuary Guy Morris, who fights for truth and justice with a jet and a jacket. Fly with him now as he lives the adventures of Jet Guy. Tonight on Jet Guy, the Transporter Ray. This is terrible. What's that, guy? They're tearing the old music hall down today. Yeah, that's too bad. Take a look at this. I have something new in your fight against crime. Great. What is it? It's my transporter ray device. Great. How does it work? Come here, I'll show you. Great. And the same thing with Joel and I. Ralph was like, oh, we need to you know, put those cables together and we're going to move these lights. And I go, hey, Ralph, even better, I have a joke for you. <laughs> He goes, no, what I need you to do is roll those cables. I go, oh, no, but I have scripts and I have sketches. I think that'd be a lot better use of your time. <laughs> and he goes, it was the same thing with Joel. And I go, eh, man, we didn't really like doing the chords. I'm sorry. I love Ralph Bevins, but, man, he was so serious all the oh, time. God, he, yeah. He oh, just, Ralph, Ralph yeah. wanted to hit me a couple times. Like, for, no, him, no. like for him to be the guy, and, God, he's a talented photographer but absolutely for him to be the guy shooting a comedy show was just incongruous as heck. <laughs> i go oh well we're not gonna be friends huh he's like no we're not <laughs> do this i go all right this you know what thing. i loved about you you came in to the show uh as a wise ass right from the start and most guys who would come in as an intern would be a little meek they would oh i, I was pretty meek to, also to, try to feel their way through you didn't come in you came like a tornado into that show you did you know i'm right about that right a little bit may, may i tell you how i got the internship yeah um so i graduated high school in 91 i'm a little bit of an older guy Lindbergh high school Lindbergh high school renton yep and i think about 98 i hit up bill staten who was the ep on almost live and I, I what, called what him up. That, and, what does that stand for, EP? Uh, I believe it's a erectile. I'm not sure. No, it's no, it's it's executive oh, producer. Never mind. Oh, never sorry. Mind. No, no, like no, nothing, nothing gets Bill. Sorry about. It. Hey, Bill. I hope that helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the executive producer of the show. Okay. Yeah, and I hit him up. I believe in my sophomore year of high school, and said I'd really like to work at Almost Live. You were in high school. Yep, absolutely. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna like this story. This is a good one. Okay. And uh, he said, to be honest with you, we don't need you. And I go, all right, no worries. Uh, talk to you in a couple of years. When I was a senior, I sent him my senior picture and said, looking forward to working with you. And it was a picture of me and my dog. I love my dog as much as I love you. But you may think my dog will always come through. And he said, still no openings. And I found out if you got a two-year degree, you could be an intern at Almost Live. And where were you uh, going to school? I was, going you to still... the, I was going to the University of Green River. Oh. oh. Yeah, and it's not known for any killers or anything like that. It's just a, no. it's just a solid school. And uh, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> 
And then uh, I found out well, not known for any killers. No, it's not at book. all. How dare you? The Green River prostitute killers. I don't know what our mascot did, was. Did, did the honest, Green but... River killer actually go to Green River Community College or not? I, I, I'm not sure if he was much of a college guy. He was very more social, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, not much of a college guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, can continue. Oh yeah, no. So um, I got my two-year degree. In between that, I was doing some rap music, which is. Hey, uh, I was going to ask you this. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh no, it's horrible. It's I'm I was so bad. No, no, you're not. Yeah. You're good. You're. Uh, I I should have asked you this before we started. No, that's right. Uh, can you end this uh, little uh, interview with with some kind of rap thing? Oh God, no you can't oh yes of course i can okay good i want you to i want you to because you are good at it rapping is um something i came late to to discover how wonderful it is and you have to uh ad lib you have it, it just engages your brain and you're so good at it no i i practically like, i wrote something today i was like oh it's a flash man man i got cash man you don't understand i got stuff in the back man people would be like what why are you waiting? I ain't complaining. What? Bill Staten? I survive. I, I stay alive. What? On King 5? Yeah, almost live. Yeah, I mean, like, that sort of thing. Wow. I, no, I worked on that. I've worked on well, that. Well, you already class. did it. You no, already worked... did what I asked for at the end. So. Well, yeah, no, I'll do it again. But I, I worked okay. on that for six months. I spent about three hours a day. <laughs> just really. Why did you get into that? Why, was that part of your uh, writing process? I mean, what? I I really I'm I'm a hip hop head to be honest with you and I love it, and mm. I come from a really urban background. Seeing as my dad is a prominent white judge, yes, your dad is a judge of all things. And my my dad loves you, and you've been so good to him, and I appreciate you very much. Thank I you. I love your dad. I love your dad yeah. and mom. Did they worry about you? You're so different from the sort of uh, button-down guy that your dad is. I mean, he, you couldn't be more different. You're like a wild man running around, and he's a judge. Pat? Did they worry about you? Pat, this this is the first time I've heard this, and uh, I was not aware. <laughs> I, I was not aware of any differences between my kindergarten mom of 35 years. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't want to... I didn't want to shock you with this new information. I'm like, I'm like what, what are you telling me now? What, I'm not black? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, you are such a, where did you, where did you come from? What? How did this happen? I mean, you're just not at all like your parents. Not at all. And, and thank God my parents are so loving that they realized very early on, oh, you're not going to be successful. Like, you're not going to Berkeley. Do you realize that? <laughs> you're, you're going to Green River. And you're gonna find your way, and 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 good luck to you. And I go and I love them. They're they're wonderful people. Oh, so. they are. They sure are. Oh, so, uh, they're, so they are so. I've talked to them uh, often, and they're so ashamed of you. I know they are. <laughs> I, I hung my head. I hung my head. Hey, uh, so when I showed up at Almost Live uh, after I got my two-year degree, hey, let me back up for a minute, okay. Brooksy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, tell me where you went to grade school. You grew up in Renton. Did, did you Renton. always live there? Renton. You guys... Pat, you're saying it wrong. Renton. 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 Why do they call it Renton? Because ain't nobody buying. So that's where you were born and grew up. 
that. Yep. Correct? Okay. Absolutely. So tell me where you went to grade school and all this stuff. Uh, I went to Tiffany Park Elementary School. Tiffany Park? Tiffany Park. What a wimpy sounding. You God. know what? Maybe you just, where did you go to elementary school? Big man. Did you big, go to school? Yeah. Big man elementary. Oh, how dare you? Yeah. Not Tiffany Park, for yeah. God's sakes. And then home I went the, to the middle home school. Home of the lamps. Yeah. Home of the lamps? Is that what you said? Home of the lamps. Oh, the lamps. Okay. Uh, and then middle Tiff Tiffany Park. I wouldn't even admit to that if I was you. That That's embarrassing. That's what I get asked the most, to be honest with you. They're like, where'd you go to elementary school? <laughs> and then I spent, well, here's, here's the difference. I went to Nelson Middle Skull Crushers. Nelson? Yeah. Like Bob Nelson? Nope. Uh, oh, like Bob Nelson, who wrote Nebraska? Yes, yeah. it was it was named after him. You go um welcome welcome to the school and um you guys can just kind of if you want to feel out your grades and let me know what you think and uh i love you bob god we love him so much uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a character he does that's not how bob nelson oh okay oh no no when you hear bob in real life he goes hi Bob Cashman here, and uh, and I go, why why do you hold that voice back? He goes, no, oh, it's too much competition with Pat. And I go, oh, I get it, I totally oh, get God, it, buddy. You're, you're killing me, man. You're I'm sorry, me. I'm not good at this. Okay, so you you go to elementary school, and then yeah, I, I had then, to go there. It was kind of as a as a child, you have to. Yeah, you have to go there. In in in, it's required if you want to go to high school. Yeah. So then you go to Lindbergh High School, who was named after whom? Charles Lindbergh flew from Long Island, New York, to Paris, France. The 3,600-mile trip took him 33 hours and 30 minutes. He became famous for being the first person to cross the Atlantic Ocean by airplane. So Charles Lindbergh, right? I believe it's Chuck. Chuck Lindbergh. Chuck Lindbergh. Yep. American hero and later Nazi sympathizer, correct? No, uh, no. Chuck Lindbergh, the UFC. I believe, maybe I'm getting the names wrong, but I believe it was, oh, that's Liddell. That, that, you know what? Chuck Liddell is completely different. Um, it's Chuck Lindbergh. Yeah. He liked cheese. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't remember what kind of cheese he liked. But... Okay, we're, we're getting off track here. Okay, sorry uh, about that. I think it's interesting, but it's not really quite... Uh, Right, no. I'm just our discussion here. Here's here's what I wanted to tell you was I went in for my interview with Bill Staten for the internship, and the picture that I had sent him as a senior in high school was sitting behind his desk. So he's screwing with you a little bit. Oh no, he, he goes, "You're the most tenacious sob that I've ever met," and yeah, uh, you are, you are. That I, that is so true. No, I have no other skills, man. I'm sorry. No, but I, I just, uh, I always admired you because you're the total opposite of me. I'm such a wimp. I, I could put my toe in the door and say, hey, 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 look at my tape. What do you think? Uh, uh, you don't have to look at it now. I'll, I'll see you later. But you came in there, like I said, with your, uh, just like a whirlwind. And you said, damn it, look at me let me have this job and i was never comfortable with that as you know well, you would you come were, down to, you would come down to my office and you'd sit on the floor you you were not comfortable with me at all and i loved you and i was like That's true. I was like i was like pat you don't get it you're my hero and i'm going to sit near the door and just be close yep. to you 
Yeah, you did and, that. And you and for for many times I could tell that you're frustrated, but I still I, I just loved you so much. I apologize. Well, you know, you were you exceeded my comfort zone so so much. Oh my god. But I love the fact that you didn't ever give up. You kept pushing on it. And, and after what was it, seven seventeen years, something like that, we became good friends and yep. oh, yeah. I would I would just sit I would just sit outside your door and then at one point we were moving and you had a cubicle <laughs> and I would sit outside your cubicle and yep. you were, you would honestly, Pat, you go, what, <laughs> what can I do for you? And I go, just trying to be your friend. That's what you would do. That's absolutely you were, true. You were so frustrated with me. And I was like, yeah. I love you. And you're, what you, did you, you want? What did you want from me? What did you want? I had no idea. You were the one that I kind of latched <laughs> on to, though, and I apologize. Yes, you, did. <laughs> you ain't never had a friend like me. Because you ain't never had a friend like me. Ride with me. My enemies are enemies. Had a friend like me. Nobody knows what will be. My enemies are enemies. <laughs> the, the Eugene Robinson <laughs> and all that crap. <laughs> Talk about that. Uh, I don't remember as well as I wish I did. Yeah, but I just remember. Gene Robinson was a player for the uh, Seattle oh. Seahawks. Then he later went to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Atlanta Falcons. And uh, yeah, on I... the eve of the Super Bowl, he got okay. in trouble. Yeah, but no, here was, I remember the bit that we had. You were asked to do a commence, commencement speech for yeah. like five high schools or something like that. Yep. And they told you last minute, they go, we got Eugene Robinson. And I got to call it what it is. I, yeah. You know, I call it what it is. I don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't try to go ahead and say, you know, look, man, this is, this is just me. It is. It is what it is. And that's what it is. It's called solicitation. That's what it was. And so for me, as painful that is and as heartbreaking that it is and all that stuff, I'm like, that's the maturity process. That's the growing process. And I want my guys to know, because I love this team, that, hey, you got a great opportunity, a great opportunity go ahead and seize the moment and don't in this respect be like me do you remember this i don't okay and that's where the bit became where i go wow and i started saying i'm gonna start stalking eugene robinson instead of you <laughs> <laughs> and i brought in a no, couple of pictures. now i do remember it yeah okay and i brought in a couple of pictures that eugene had signed to me you know fake of course and and you were just like why do you keep coming near me <laughs> <laughs> i remember that isn't, isn't your life filled with things that, you know, you don't remember the triumphs of your life or the good things. You right. always remember the letdowns. And for me, I was asked to be the onstage person with um, Martin Short. Martin Short. And Damn, Martin I said Short, a small guy. Okay. Yeah, Martin was... Short was coming to town. He was going to do his his thing on stage. It was a live performance. We've known each other for so many times, but we've never sat down and talked. Why is that, Kathy Lee Giffard? Because you are just so big and so important in the business, and you, you really never have time for the little people. Frankly. See, and I was always told that by your people that you needed extra per diem. Well, extra per diem and for my hair and makeup. Either. You don't need it. Although a hunk fell off when you yeah, smile. Well, we you can, know, menopause will like do that. that. Do you know how much people love you, Kathy Lee Gifford? Do you, do you know how you brought joy to people's hearts? Well, I'd like to think so, Jiminy, because you, none of us set out in this world or this business to be hated. But, you know, when you hear you're, she's the person people love to hate. What does that mean? And who are these people that love to hate you? I know three of them, and I don't speak to them except on weekends. And, yeah. so, uh, and so I was invited to be his foil. And, and I thought, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because I love Martin Short. And then a week before 
this is going to happen. They call me and say, no, nah, we actually, we got somebody else. We, we hired uh, somebody else to, to play the part. Sorry. And I just was dashed. It was the worst punishing thing ever happened to me. And, and so you remember stuff like that. Yeah. Far more than you remember the good things in your career. And Oh God. Yeah. What, what, what were the worst things that happened to you along the way? When you didn't, like when you would close the door. <laughs> when I would just sit outside your office and you would I would close the door. the door, but you were still inside. Oh, that yeah, that's my, so true. That was Sorry. my mistake. Yeah. yeah, let's get rid of this one. Hey, let's talk, let's talk a bit about, okay, so you got an internship at Almost Live. Yep. Uh, what, what kind of things did you say, uh, this is why I want the internship, and this is important to me. And why did you want to do that thing? And why were you so persistent with Bill Stanton? I, I wanted it. I didn't have any direction. The, the rap stuff wasn't happening for me. I opened for Mix-A-Lot once or twice, and it was fun. Did you really? I did, yep. Um, stuff at, like, uh, I, I can't think. What, what's the name of the boom? Uh, bumper shoot, bumper shoot, sorry. You know what I'm talking about, bumper shoot? Never heard of it. It's, okay. It's, num- it's, it's, it's sort of Seafair, bumper shoot. Okay, it's uh, kind of a big Seattle thing. Uh, I'd never heard of it. It was it was never going to happen for me in the you rap know, world. You know what? I did bumper shoot one year, and I was asked to introduce the uh, artist, the music artist, Donovan. Did I ever tell you this story? Mm-mm. you got to pick up every stitch. And so uh, I'm getting ready. Do you even know who Donovan is? Uh, I do. Okay. Vaguely. That's good. I know you're so much younger than me. You yeah. And they made a TV show about it. It's Ray Donovan. No, different guy. But yeah, okay. Let's just let's go with that. And okay. So Don, Donovan had mellow. They call me mellow yellow. Oh hell yeah! Yes. Songs like that. They call me mellow yellow. Uh, the season of the witch, which is the stupidest song ever. Because witches have to, a lot of seasons. Got to turn every stitch. I mean, the rhyming and it's so dumb. It's so dumb. So I I'm going to introduce Donovan to this crowd at Bumbershoot. And right before I go on, they said, hey, by the way, you might like to know that Donovan has just been in, he's about to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, and I said, oh, that's great. So I go out and I say, everybody, uh, Donovan is about to come out. And by the way, we just found out he's going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you welcome, please, Donovan? And he comes out. And I walked back uh, to the wings, and they said, oh, my God, you weren't supposed to say it. Really? It wasn't official yet. You can't say that he was in, in the rock and roll. Sunshine came softly through my window today. Well, you didn't tell me that. You did not mention that. And Donovan didn't even know it. So he hears it from me for the first time. Oh, my God. It'll take time, I know it. The good news is that he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
and he still sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He, he doesn't suck. Jeez, I don't need to get sued by those people again. Hey, do you remember? Do you remember the very first time that you were on the show Almost Live? Because I do, and with the help of Bill Stanton, I remember your first appearance. Uh, absolutely. Are you talking about the um, the John report? I uh, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. I wrote. And, I wrote, and, and, and it was live. Yeah. Uh, I and wrote the a show, sketch. The show was called Almost Live, but for all intents and purposes, it was a live show because yeah. we never stopped down. Right. So what you saw on the air, an hour and a half later, was was a live performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I had written a sketch. I'd written a couple of sketches, and uh, after a little, what was it? it had to be after six weeks, I got permission from Bill to turn in my sketches. Like I couldn't attend the writers' meetings, but really? I could. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was an intern, and so I got permission oh. to submit, and it turned out two of my sketches made the air, hmm. and I was I was thrilled. That was just me writing. Okay. Yeah. And and then I wrote this bit for Joel. It was called uh Have Joel Sex McHale. Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Have sex with Joel. And and it <laughs> I was remember that. Was that? I, I I that's not the first bit I was thinking of, but no, go that's, ahead. that's the first time I was ever on the air. Okay. Uh there was a couple other times where you, you beat me up and we had fun and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I did beat you up one time. Oh, you beat me up three times. If as I remember if I, correctly, as if I could beat you up. Oh, you yeah. could kick my bottom anytime. And I'm trying to kind of be a little more PC right now. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, it was a. Well, never mind. Let's, All right, let's... So, 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 real quick, um, the bit was that the birth rate in Washington had dropped <laughs> so low, we're like one one of the lowest in the country. And I suggested that Joel go and impregnate every woman, you know, in the state of Washington. Oh, you know? And Joel looked at that's it. Pretty da- that's pretty daring for a kind of a, you know. For an intern, for a nobody. Well, for a show that was pretty. Pretty you know, tame. Pretty, pretty tame. tame. Yeah, yeah, pretty tame. Yeah. And, uh, and Joel said, I don't feel comfortable doing this. And then I think it was Bill. And I thought, I thought maybe you had a hand in it also. But uh, they're like, why don't you do it? And so I went out there and said, I am willing to impregnate everyone. And I went through the, the schematics of what it would be. Like, I am not willing to raise your child. Um, you know, I'm not very good. And, and, I just and you're stopped. doing this as a commentary. You're just on camera. Oh, yeah. I, Brooks Macbeth, am willing to impregnate every woman in the state of Washington. Now, 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 sure, this is a personal sacrifice, but it's one I'm willing to make for the children. Thank you. Of course, I won't actually be there to help raise the child, but... And I was also talking about my sexual prowess, that I was like, I'm not really good, but I try hard. I am willing to have sex with each and every one of you. That's my commitment to you. You know, it's time we all put aside our own petty self-interest and do this for the children our children so please i mean please send your name and address and when your husband or boyfriend won't be home to have sex with brooks p.o box 24525 seattle washington 98124 and remember it's for the children
and so then and then we did a we did a follow up on that and then and then so, people people were a little bit you know easier. So let me like, ask okay. you this: after all of that, you say basically you said during the commentary, uh, please everybody, uh, any woman, I want to have you want to have sex with me. I'm available. Exactly. And, and that's you, it's the same to this day. Like I'm serious. Did you get um, did you get any serious um, inquiries from that? We got we got about five, which I which I thought was really funny. Because you expect, oh, man, I'm going to get 100. I got five. And, and I can understand that. You know, people were pretty busy with, with taxes or whatever. So I'd like to go ahead and just sweeten the offer. I am still willing to have sex with each and every woman in the state of Washington. And as a bonus, with each encounter, I will give away a free toaster. So the phone number, phone number should be on your screen. Uh, to have sex with Brooks. Uh, so call now. Have sex with Brooks. Brooks speaking. Uh, it's just just a regular toaster, two slices. That's not bad. That's okay. No, no, it's better than what I'm doing these days. But wow, you, did you follow up on any of them? I guess people would want to know. Um, well, I met a really nice girl named Darren. 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 A... No, Darren. D A R. Uh, we have not met yet, but. Uh, Okay, Brooks. Now, the one, the bit I was thinking of that I thought was your first bit ever. See if you remember this. Uh, the idea was that uh, Seattle had been undergoing weird weather. Sometimes it was sunny. Sometimes it was rainy. I didn't like that. There was snow. It was all that. I didn't so, like that. You know what I'm talking about. I know right? exactly what you're talking about. You were uh, told to participate in this bit with just you on camera and you're standing in a, a kid's pool uh, a little uh, rubber uh, plastic pool and you're having stuff dumped on you yep rain rain snow and uh well what do you remember about it oh no and, let, and let's pat you and i are dear friends that i i wanted to be on camera would love it i'll do anything that one was a tough one just looking back <laughs> No, yeah. that was tough, man. You well, go, go and fill fill them in on what happened. So this uh, in this guy that was working on the show named Hans Eric, he said he's, yeah. he said, "Hey, go Hans Eric, go out and get some some dirt, some potting soil." Yep. They were going to dump on Brooks at the end of the bit. Yep. So he comes back, didn't tell anybody. At the end of the bit, you're dumped on with what turns out to be either chicken shit or uh, some other kind of manure. Yep. And and it's dumped on you, you to your surprise, and uh, and then they say, "Well, Hans Eric, what what are you doing? Why why did you get that? That's all that was available." Nope. I, something like that. Am I wrong? Uh, no, no. Uh, that was you asked. You know, like what were the highlights, low lights? That was that was the that was low low point. Honestly. Yeah, that would be. I I can I can see that. And it's one of those that uh, I uh, to this day I go. Yeah, but a few weeks later, you came back. Hi, I'm Brooks, the intern here on Almost Live. You may have seen me on the show before. It was a couple weeks ago, and it involved me getting a bunch of water and ice poured all over me. Do you remember? Well, I've gotten a lot of letters since then asking me how I'm doing, and I'm actually doing fine. At first, I was a little ticked off, but then a few of the cast members explained to me how getting stuff dumped all over me was really a sign of affection. And then not all interns have had this opportunity. 
So I feel really good about having crap poured all over me. It's kind of like the time when I was thinking about... And then, of course, as your commentary continues, cast members come out and dump new stuff on you. You know, it kind of makes me feel like part of that almost live family. A family that... <laughs> Hi, Nancy. Thanks. Thanks, Nancy. Nancy Guppy. I mean, there's really something special, a bond here among the staff, and it's a special feeling that I have felt. When... A can of pork and beans are dumped on you by Bill Stainton. Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot. You know, it, it's hard to explain if you're not part of it like I am, but I kind of think... And Tracy Conway sticks a pie in your face. Wow. They really like me. They like me. I'm not in that age anymore, but like, you know, that's that's one that I would square off. They dump, they dump cow manure on you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Hans, your... and Hans Eric and I have not kept in touch. And I he's one of those, if I saw him, I go, probably, you know, probably not going to go good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean that to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice person, but. Would you, would yeah. you punch him? Would you punch him now if you could? I'd knock him, but I would, yeah. You know, you, I, you, you know you, what I go. I go. You know, I've had a good, I've had a good life so far, and so far, yeah, yeah. You went too far on that one. So sorry, I, I, I hated to bring it up, but oh, that's all right. No, I think I think that's part of this this business. That you go, man, it's ups and downs, and yeah, at the time, you, I you gotta, I, yeah. you have to suffer for your craft. Okay? Yeah, I guess. Here's here's this was the defining thing for me with you when I decided that you are just brilliant and it, you did these bits maybe two or three times maybe four and it was called just pimpin oh and, and they were so smart they were so so in tune with what was going on in the seattle area pat we had so much fun and the fact that you played my dad coming in you had yeah. the uh the cub scout leader <laughs> well let, let let me let me describe the bit first so you are in your basement of your house. And I think Joel McHale was in most of those with you. Oh God, yeah, and Lauren Weedman, who's amazing. Yeah, Lauren Weedman. And you uh, were a kid uh, in your basement doing a cable uh, access show called Just Pimpin'. And you're a white, you're a white kid, of course. What? And uh, what? You, played, you played a white guy really well, oh, okay. by the way. Thank you, thank and, you. And you are, but you think you're a rapper. And so you're drawing on your own experience and what you think you're hip and you're a rapper, you're hip hopper. And, and so you're doing this down in your basement. Your parents have no idea what your other world is like. And, uh, and you're in, I'm going to play a little bit of one of them here. show that's going out to all the real homies out there yeah that's right dog ain't no player hating word ain't no perpetrating yeah just the real deal mr smoke and loke dog <laughs> and as always we coming to represent the hardcore streets of bellevue, bellevue. yeah 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 yeah
this is this to me was so smart because my own son, Chris. <laughs> yeah. I love Chris, the, by the way. Hi, Chris. He, we lived on the east side, and he thought that was him. And and when I pointed the bit out to him, he was really mad. He did not see himself as that kind of kid. He did not like me pointing it out, and I just thought it was such a goof on him and his kind of in his kind of friends. And it was so perfect and so incisive. You know, you you nailed it on the head. It's such a fun time, and the fact that you know Tracy Conway was playing the mom, you came in, and you play whatever you want. Sorry about that. I, I came down uh, I because I interrupted your show. In your, in your Cub Scout leader. To tell you, yeah, we, we got a Boy Scout meeting coming up, and you got to get, we got to go to it. And you're so humiliated that your dad has interrupted your show uh, <laughs> for, for something that is is telling the world who you really are, and you yeah. just hate it. Oh, God, it was so smart. What a great bed. Hey, guys, your dad is here to give you a ride home. Hi, <laughs> right, boys. Come on, let's get going. We don't want to be late for that troop meeting, huh? Come on. We're doing the show. I don't believe this. I mean, see him. Oh, Turn the camera off. And then the other bit I really liked was when you wrote a bit about um, uh, the exercise guy. What, what do you, what do you oh, call it? Spinning, uh, spinning class. Spinning class. Thank you. God. I, I thought that, that was, was really that smart. Was, that was so much fun. Uh, we're keeping our pace nice and steady. Uh, we can see some families over there playing, having picnics. There's a young boy with a cute little puppy. It looks like a cute little poodle, maybe. Uh, just keeping the pace nice and solid, focusing on our breathing. And as we look to our left, we can see some families come. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is it? We hit the puppy. What? Oh, man. It, it's not getting up, okay? Uh, people, we are in some deep crap. Uh, everybody, uh, let's get the hell out of here, people. Come on, pick up the pace. I didn't mean to hit it. I love dogs. Oh, great. The kid's dad is getting in his car. You know, we should have stopped. We really should have stopped. Okay, he's pulling out. Uh, Everybody just act natural, okay? Pick up your freaking pace, people! Come on! He seems really pissed. Tell him we're sorry! We're, we're sorry. sorry! Go to hell, you puppy killer! Hold on! Hey, what's he doing? He's gonna ram us! Everybody get on the sidewalk now! Watch out for the people playing hacky sack! But don't think get out of the way! Okay, as long as we stay on the sidewalk, I think we're safe. Uh, this would be a good time for everyone to check our heart rate. Let's give it a six-second count. On my mark, and begin. Sweet mother of God, he's got a gun! We have to fight back! Does anybody else have a gun? No! I, I didn't know we were supposed to bring one. Oh. Okay, forget the gun. That was a really stupid question. Uh, does anybody have a sword? I've got some mace. We've got another problem, people. We're running towards a cliff. A cliff? What are you talking about? There's a giant cliff ahead with the 200-foot drop. Oh, my God, we'll all be killed. If I'm going, I'm taking one of them damn dogs with me. But I don't want to die. Just get over it. We're all going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, that's the timer signaling the end of class. 
Good job. I'll see you next week. What the hell just happened? So, uh, did we die? Or... And it was another live bit. You mostly did live bits. Yeah. Every once in a while, you you were nice enough because you would throw me a bone because you were my hero and you still are. But it's one of those that. Okay, come on. You were saying. Do you remember that we did an? It, it was it was not a good sketch at all, and I'm just saying it, and it was my fault completely. But you and I yeah. both were on a treadmill. Go Everything was a competition. And we both got hurt, like, for a week. Like, you took a fall. Like, you just went for it. And, I, and you took a fall way harder than I did. And we were both. Yeah, I do. Because I, I used to love doing pratfalls. That was my thing. Because in, in, oh the, God, in yeah. the absence of really highbrow humor, I always just would do something physical because I wasn't smart enough to think of anything else. And But as I got older, I started hurting myself all the time. <laughs> you can't keep doing it. Yeah, I had I had at least three or four sketches on Almost Live that were all right. So Brooks, you're gonna get the crap beat out of you right now. Oh yeah. And do you remember one of them was you were trying to explain like yes, the area yes, codes yes, of yes. phones or something? When calling another area, just dial that code before the number. If it wasn't long distance before, it won't be now. So and then no I start taking them. some questions, and I get some really stupid ones. Now let's see if our studio audience has any questions. Yes? Yeah, do you have to dial a 1 first when calling the 425 area code? Good question. <laughs> I should have made that more clear. The answer is, if you didn't have to dial a 1 before, you don't have to now. And the yes. questions start getting oh, stupider. Uh, uh, yes, I see an error on your chart. Um, I live on the east side, and you've mistakenly included Renton with us in the 425 area code. No, uh, that, that is correct. Renton is 425. Oh, no, no, no. Shouldn't Renton be you know, down there in 253 with Kent, Auburn, and Tacoma? <laughs> No, it is 425. Do you know what this is going to do to our property values? <laughs> if you think that you're getting away with this, then you really don't have a finger on the pulse of our community. Yeah, maybe not, lady, but there is a certain finger that I would like to show you right about now. <gasps> so by then, I'm boiling mad, and then yeah. you walk up. Yeah, I have one more question about when to dial one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm in the 253 area code... Yeah. And I call someone in the 425 area code. Right. Do I have to dial a one first? Well, yeah. Look, why don't you come on up here? Let me show you. Come on. Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Have you, uh, you seen one of these before? Uh, yeah. Have you? <laughs> now, um, was it a long distance number? Uh, no. Okay, then you don't have to touch that. Now, what was that area code again? Uh, it's 253. Okay. 253. <laughs> and I'm punching the numbers on the phone using your head. And you fall over. All right. We're out of time. Good night, everybody. And I am so sorry, Brooks. And it wasn't, it wasn't malicious. It was just... Um, oh, actually, it was. All right, I know where I stand in stature right now. That's why I really loved you because I was. And yeah, I, Brooks know. will do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a guy. Let's guy have a guy fall off the space. Yeah, Brooks will do yeah, it. Mike Brooks will do it.
Hey, um, when you left, how people listening to this podcast right now say, I'm not sure I remember this guy because you weren't on that much, no, that long, but. But I no, wanted, I wasn't. I, I wanted, was not. I was always. A, yeah, I, wa- I, I wanted to have you on because around. you're yep. so sig- significant to me personally. You just stood out. Uh, yeah, thank I you. I think you were on from like 1995 to maybe two years, something like that, right? Yeah, I would guess that's yeah. about. The, so you that's left. That's a very good call. And you had this ambition, and I didn't want you to leave, but you had this dream. Uh, you wanted to go to LA. You wanted to be. Yeah, a performer in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know if you knew specifically what you wanted to do. Did you want to be a, a stand-up? You wanted to be on TV shows. You've done all of that, uh, and you uh, and you've been in a million commercials. I'm out for the rest of the day. I have that fender bender on Tuesday. I'm meeting with the insurance claims guy. I have to meet with the insurance claims guy. I'm meeting with the insurance claims guy. Hold down the fort. It's an all-day thing. All-day thing. If anyone's asking, I am gone for the afternoon only. Here we go. Nice to meet you. Mr. Jensen, Tina from Progressive. So if you'll point out your car. They're right there. I'll be finished in no time. Great. Thanks. That's it? We're here to win. Yeah. Come on, Trevor. How many times have we been over this? This is softball. We're not here to win or lose. We're just here for the Bud Light. My bad. Oh, Tostitos chips and dip. What are you doing? I'm setting up for my first art show. That's the neighbor's dog. That's great. This must be Bill's new Toyota Camry. Bill's probably our new boss. Oh, I sent him your email. I am so fired. <laughs> yeah, I'd fire you. <laughs> Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Pat, can I throw something in there really quick? Sure, I guess, yeah. All right, thank you. When I would guess that my my time around there was about 95 to 98. Yep. <laughs> I, got, I got hit up by SNL, and you knew that, right? No. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. Tell the world Is about it. Adam Sandler's that. guy. Yeah. Wow, and, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, got you. And so I have. Uh, I wish I could show you guys the picture. It's I have the contract framed right here. You had a contract? Oh yeah, I had a contract in hand, contingent on the meeting. And uh, Pat, Pat, did I lose you? No, no, no. You, oh, yeah, okay. you lost okay. me. Uh, okay. In terms of disbelief, so but, yeah, yeah. So I went out there and met with these two guys and didn't self-destruct but they could just see (laughs) they were like this this guy's gonna get eaten up in our room it was and i totally get it and i get it big time so i don't want to turn it to myself but i also got twice lured to snl and i just knew both times i can't do this i am not made out of that material i i will get killed these guys are tougher. They're talking. Yeah. They're talking about the schedule. Yeah, and it's still, it's still from the drug days. Like yeah, I don't mean exactly, that exactly. Yeah, and they go, oh, we're gonna do overnights. You know, blah blah blah. And I was so intimidated. And Pat, this is an honest question to you. Did you go through the the hallway of all the cast members? No, I didn't. Never even went that far. Uh, I, just, I I went interviewed one time, 
and I just, uh, I was too scared. I was too wimpy. I, Me too. But, but I, the other thing about it with Almost Live was I just, I, even then I realized this is such a peach uh, piece of cake. I get to, oh, yeah. I get to write my own sketches. They will get on the air. I don't have to fight for airtime. It's, it's just, it's a dream. And I knew SNL would be just the opposite. Absolutely. Everybody else would kill me. And I never get on the air. And I, it, uh, I, I didn't have what it takes to play at the big league level. I, I just, I just knew. No, that. no, you, you, always, you always have, and don't, don't ever say that for real. But it's, I felt the same way though. I go, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I get. Don't, it. I don't, I don't, well, I thought I of all people, you could because you were that tenacious. You could, you could have put, you could have done it. But. So I had a con, I had a contract in hand. And they said, they called me, I went out there on, I believe, a Friday wow. and uh, got the news on Tuesday that they have canceled that contract, you know, what? offer. How, how do they cancel a contract? Well, no, it's contingent on the meeting. You know, it's oh. like contingent on that meeting. Oh. If, if we think you're the guy, great. If not, and they said, well, you're not the guy. And I go, all right. And I think, I'm going to be honest with you, I think it was about a month later that I left Seattle and went down to L.A. Hmm. I said, that's it. Done. Boy, that, you know, I know you so well, and I never heard this story before. Yeah. That's that's, that's remarkable. Well, I'm embarrassed. Uh, truth be told, I'm a little embarrassed about it because Why? I go, no, because you're there, and they, they want you, and you just can't present the person that they are looking for. And you go, ah, get it. This is not, this. I don't want to be in the jungle. So, you know. I got hired... Uh, well, I wasn't hired, but I, I got to uh, do a show in L.A. years ago, and I was all but done, and they were flying me down uh, to, uh, to meet the, pro the programming director at CBS. And so yeah. I go down, and I, and I get off the plane. It's nighttime. And I, the woman who picks me up is the producer of the show. And she, and I am wearing a bomber jacket and my hair is messy. My, I, I've not shaven in a couple of days. And she keeps yeah. looking over at me going, Oh my God, you look great. You look great. She kept saying that like <laughs> typical Hollywoodies. God dang, you look really good. I'm like, Oh, thank you very much. And then we go to this party at the Roxy of all places. Right. I'm, I'm just all of a sudden I'm living the life of a Hollywood guy. And I'm, Oh my God, this is great. I can't believe this is happening to me. They put me up at the Beverly Hills Hilton. And then the next morning she said, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go over to CBS and you're going to meet the, the, the program guy at CBS. I said, okay, great. So I get up in the morning and I clean myself up. I take a shower, I shave, I comb my hair really nice. Well, why did you shave? Why did you? Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I go out and <laughs> she pulls up in her little um, uh, convertible at the curb. And I walk out and she does not know who I am. She goes, oh, God, you, you look really different than you looked last night. Uh, yeah, I cleaned up a little bit. And she's, she's so clearly crestfallen. She's so clearly dis oh. disappointed. I don't look like a Hollywood guy anymore. I look like a doof, which is what, right. which is who I really was. <laughs> and it everything went to pieces after that. 
the the interview with the guy went badly and the, everything fell apart and i realized that town is so phony it's oh it's, yeah it's all and i i know you live there so i, I don't right. i don't mean to say you're phony but it just there's it's all pretend stuff it's not real stuff right yeah, that's not It's got to be frustrating because you've been there for 20 years or so, right? I have. And so, how do you how do you deal with this? And since you know the game so well, how do you handle it? It's amazing because you have you have really good people in your life, and Mikhail's one of them, and things like that. That you go and John was down here not too long ago. John Keister, yeah. one of my yeah. idols, and uh, you come down, you go, man, I I found a little niche for myself. You get you got you know you got when I when I left almost live came down here i was a security guard from two in the four two to four in the morning okay no that's not so apartment complex and i would write jokes for craig kilborn yeah while all the robbers were doing their thing do you remember kilborn oh yeah late 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 show yeah and so oh no uh no i did uh ferguson yeah craig ferguson but i would go in and i would write jokes for a couple hours and i would go over to uh fax plus or something like that and i would fax in my jokes and ironically most facts were opinions right find out later that night whether i got paid and i did that for a while and yep jumped onto a comedy central show from you know jim sharp and some people and blah blah but you go man i don't fit in here i'm just kind of putting my you know my head down and trying to do what i'm doing and it is what it is and then wait a minute don't throw that away mad tv uh tell you were uh wrote for that show i think i'm right talking about the right show you were the guy that the show had a number of black performers on it correct absolutely and you were the guy the white guy that wrote most of the bits for the black writers. I was the black writer. Pat, when you talk about like SNL and you go, man, how scary is this or whatever, Mad TV is a gentler version of that. It really is. But when you land at a show, you get a limited amount of time to find your niche. Your niche, whatever you want to call it, but Yo, you got you got to find your place pretty quick. And I looked around. I go, man, hip hop background. You know, I, I know this stuff. I'm a sports guy. I, you know, and I was like, that's me. And they go, oh, all right, you're staying with us for a little bit. And you nailed that's it. That's perfect. You were so good. Snoop, you know, Snoop came and did, uh, of course, with uh, Chris Kloos and a couple other people. Maya. Um, we did a sketch with Snoop Dogg that he came on. <laughs> Real MF and talk. First topic Black History Month. Black History Month, my ass. It's always the same old people. Harriet Tubman, Booker T. Washington. What about the real black heroes? You mean like the brother Malcolm X? Man, f- Malcolm X. <laughs> I'm talking about Blackula, the first black vampire to come out of power. <laughs> You ever see him in the white man's history books? It's a black political show. But you wrote And I'm that. trying to, I'm trying to kind of censor you, myself you, a little a... bit for this. Oh, no, it was Chris and Maya and I, but uh, and Snoop just kept looking over me. He's like, hey, Bert, hey, Bert. And uh, and people are like, Brooks, I think I think he, he means you're, you. 
you're not only a white guy, you're a white guy from Renton. Exactly, Renton. And you're you're writing this stuff. God, I just Oh, it was I mean, it was that was a really really good time. It was it was fun. Tell me one more thing uh about your career and then I'll let you go. Oh, no. Um reluctantly. And that is that you went with Bob Nelson, which I did not remember, but you went Magic Johnson, the great NBA Hall of Famer. <laughs> had a show for about 10 minutes called the magic hour. Yeah. And, uh, and you went to write for that, right? No, no. Oh, you didn't. That Bob left almost live to go write for that. Yeah. I know that. And that was my little opening because everybody would do, Bob would do the setups for almost live for the weekly. Oh, 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 I got it all wrong. Oh no, that that's completely my fault. No. And so Bob was off to bigger and better things. And then he would call me every once in a while. (laughs) And I love him because dude, it's a cluster down here and uh, everything's, it's a train wreck and it's awful. And people are, people are approaching me in the bathroom and they're going, you don't talk to this person. And Bob's going, I uh, I just I just want to write some jokes. That's all I'd like to do. And Craig Shoemaker, <laughs> who was the the comedic uh, personality on that show. Yeah, you mentioned him. Here he is talking about the show. So understand that I got that show, and that was my get even. That was my <laughs> yeah. get even. All the thirteen girls that shot me down for the prom. This was my moment. Yeah. I had a national TV show. What year? This is ninety seven. Okay, it's only on one year. It was. I remember the show. I remember Magic Johnson had a show. It was barely on a month. <laughs> now, did you? You didn't last the run, though. You want to hear the story? Yeah. I want to know how you. Got, I don't mind. I don't mind the story. You I want to know how you got fired. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So they give me the show, and they said this was exciting. I wasn't going to be Ed McMahon. Ha ha ha! I'm the comedian that he laughs at. He gives me setup jokes. I thought that was a pretty cool sure. premise. Instead of him doing a monologue, I do the monologue to him. So they basically had down. tester shows where you guys had they chemistry, did, and yes. it went really well. Great, and I got the part so against a whole bunch of other comics. It's kind of that part was good. It's kind of you getting to do a show. And magic is there to be the sort of name the value and name draws value people, draw in. people in. Yeah, and sure. I get to tell the jokes. And, yeah. But they panicked and they brought in writers from the Tonight Show. Right. Not the Leno Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson. And the guy literally had a mullet cut and a members only jacket. By oh. the way, folks, if you're out there and wearing a members only jacket, I mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is in 97 where it was like, there was no, no there's no irony to it. It's yeah. just. Joe Dirt. It's just right. it's, it's Joe, Joe Dirt. <laughs> That's my head writer. And I literally he said these words to me. I said, You can't make me tell these jokes. He said, You have to tell the jokes. I called him Sling Blade. At that time Sling Blade was out sure, with right. that jutted out jaw. That's how he talked. I said, Sling Blade, you can't make me tell these jokes. I'll get booed. He says to me, mm, a boo is as good as a laugh. Mm. <laughs> it's Johnny not... Johnny loved to be booed. I go, Johnny Carson loved to be booed. He had a whole shtick about it. I'm not Johnny Carson. No one knows who I am. You can't make me tell these jokes. Do you remember and any of the I... jokes? Oh, I'll tell you what it was. Well, Jim, so... as a stand-up, do you think boo, laughter, it's all the same oh. as long as they're reacting? No, I really wish it was. <laughs> I have never hated someone worse in my life. You're talking about a shoemaker. And he and I... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just embarrassed, but uh, we came close to fighting in the Pittsburgh airport. He owed me 500 bucks. And I was like, I was like, enough, man. Where's my money? And so I've never, I've never liked that guy. And I got a little backlash because I talked about this before, but that's Craig Shoemaker's a piece of shit. But that's all right. Did he, did he ever, ever pay you? Oh, the God, no. God, no. Yeah. Nope. Yes. What an asshole. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a horrible person. Compared to Willie Shoemaker, who was great. Gatefield's jockey Willie Shoemaker dons racing silks for an attempt at turf immortality. 
Four and a half years after his track career began at this Albany, California course, he returns to earn all-time track honors. Hey, I want to ask you one more thing. Oh. You just made me think of it. Yeah, you can ask me you, anything. You you toured around this country, or maybe even in Europe, where it was you were uh, working for a beer company. Oh, Bavaria Fest. Yes. yes. That's, where Tell- my, that's where I met my ex-wife. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Did you know that was your ex-wife at the time? or I did not. No. She wanted nothing to do with me, and I wore her down. No, but I love the story of this tour that you went on where you're kind of the MC. Oh, yeah. And t- tell everybody what you did. It's it's not it's not that great. I have better stories, but... Uh, no, it's good. It's really good. Um, the actors went on strike, and I had nothing coming in. And so they said, would you like to be the traveling host of a beer festival? I said, sure. And they would bring in, we're talking uh, bands from Germany, thousand people a night. Yeah. And I would go out there and none of the bands spoke German or spoke English. I'm sorry. And I would just go out there and I would do stand up with these things, you know, with these different bands. And one of them, uh, here's a fun little story. Um, Max von Bruten and the Alpha Bruten band. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Very, very popular. This guy could drink a liter of beer. I know. I, this is the story I was hoping. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He could drink a liter of beer, and a liter would be about three and a half to four beers, you know, uh-huh. in a mug. And he would bring the, <laughs> bring the crowd back because I go, every once in a while, I would start tanking. I'm doing this for three hours. I go, you know, you're not getting a three-hour great set from me. You're going to get what you get. I go, right. I go, Max, it's time for you to go. And I brought him a beer one time. And he goes, no, it's it's too cold. I'll do it because it affects my singing voice. I will come. I will come and I will do it in a minute. I will do it in a minute. <laughs> I go, no problem. And he comes out and he pounds down this liter of beer, 10 seconds. And... <laughs> And the crowd goes nuts. And I go, all right, I got another 20 minutes, you know, of my stuff and we'll play some songs. When he was when he was leaving the tour, he goes, Ruth, you are my friend. I would like to give you a gift. Now, Max, when he's drinking this beer yeah. so quickly, never appears to be drunk. No, nope. right? No, he's and I go, how can I look? He looks like Mario Brothers, big mustache. Yeah. Here's a hat. He has uh, the overalls on. And uh, later hosen and that sort of thing. <laughs> and, and I go, man, I would be like, he gives me the damn Stein, and it's a trick Stein. And when he is doing it, he drinks one, he drinks probably three quarters to one beer per drinking as opposed to three and a half. What do you mean it's a trick? So imagine if you could look at a giant Stein of beer and another glass glued upside down inside of it so it's clear all the way through so even when you're raising it you can still see the levels going down does that make sense <laughs> yeah 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 I know, and he, I know doing this. he goes this is my gift to you and for the next six months you know i'm doing this with my wife i am challenging everybody on the road because i can drink a beer you know <laughs> and i am i'm out there i am betting my rental car i'm pulling money out of my wallet I'm going up, but you're, but you're actually drinking like a, a, a thumb. I'm drinking three, qu- three quarters of a beer up against anybody else's three and a half beers. Yeah. So, but it looks like you're drinking an entire. Beer. Oh, exactly. And people are like, "You're the greatest man that's ever lived," and I got laid from it. 
and uh, and I was and I was like, no, this. And then uh, and then I was in Ohio, and one of the Ohio State football players came up, and I took the challenge on this guy. The Buck, the, the Buckeyes. Oh, yeah. the Buckeyes. Yeah, this guy about three twenty came up, killed me. He killed Johnny Ringo. Killed me. My three quarters of beer against his three and a half beers, and he beat me. <laughs> Humiliating. Oh, oh my God! This guy like. He just opened his gullet and just did it. And I and I was doing two <laughs> steps for mine. It was done. And I go, I go, oh my God. He goes, keep your rental car. And I go, thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fun time. Do, do you still do you still have the Stein? I do. Oh yeah, I have ever it at the house, but I don't, don't have any. Ever let it go. Okay. Oh God, no. I'll give it to you as a gift when I pass away tomorrow. Okay. Oh wow! Tomorrow? Why'd you just say okay nonchalantly? We all gotta go sometime. Yeah, it's probably tomorrow's probably a pretty good day. Brooks, let me just finish by saying this: that I have—I'm uh, not a big stand-up comedy guy. I don't go and watch a lot of guys, but I've never seen anybody command a stage the way you do. I think you should be among the top five stand-up comics in our nation. Because I just could not, a couple of occasions, but one in particular where you owned that audience so much, and then they wanted you to do an encore, which you did. Uh, I just thought, God, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be him. You're fearless. You are awesome. No. And you are. You're a great stand-up. You just are. I had to stop drinking. Uh, I (laughs) had a little bit of a problem. Uh. Here's the weird thing. When you tell your friends that you're going to stop drinking, you think people are going to be like, what? No, Brooks, you're awesome. You're so great, dude. You have so much fun. Whatever. Here's every one of my friends. They were like, yeah. That's a really good idea. We're glad that you brought it up. Pat, honestly, vice versa, and I know this isn't a love fest, but you have done so much for me, and I love you with all my heart, man. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. Does that work? Well, that ruined it. <laughs> hey, would you close us with a rap? I already did a rap. Do it again. What, what do you want to rap about? I don't care what it is. Give, give me a topic. Um, almost live. I'm going hysteric. The one guy that I would punch in the face is Hans Eric. I'm just, no, I'm complaining. People are like, what? I love Bill Staten, and I'm just being what I am, but it is when I go to the gym. Pat has been an honor, and this is the end. Thank you so much for being my freaking friend. And you know I'm honored to be your freaking friend. You bet. Love you, man. Can, can I add one thing just for you? Yeah. You don't even I'm have still, to use this. I'm still recording. Okay, you don't, you don't even have to use this. One of my favorite moments was I had a really good set of the improv one night. I don't doubt that. And like a good, good show, okay? Okay, yeah. Norm McDonald walked over to me and he goes, Oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Think about doing comedy. I'm just saying, uh, like, pretty, you know, if you ever make a, like a career choice, mm-hmm. I just say that, uh, yeah. think about doing comedy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's just his opinion, Brooks. But I happen to agree with it. The Almost Live, Still Alive podcast. Produced and edited by Morris Patrick Cashman. Technical director is Dave Tavers. Special gratitude to the legendary Kenneth George Buford McCaw, Almost Live's chief archivist. And thanks also to King TV Seattle. This program was made possible in part by the 12th century nun and mystic Hildegard von Bingen, inventor of spoken language. 
and by Emil Berliner, creator of the microphone. And I'm your announcer, that kid from Sluggy, Chris Cashman. <laughs>